to the BAT podcast. Howard, Randy, and Zach. Gentlemen, the mic is hot. What's happening? I'm happy to be here. I haven't been on one of these in a while, and I want to be on some more podcasts and talking about things going on in BAT. We got a lot happening. We were all in Vegas for SEMA, and there's some stuff cooking on the website right now. So uh, where do you guys want to jump in? SEMA recap. I mean, it's amazing. We can all sit in the same room and make eye contact after that week, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the three of us were in Vegas a week ago. Uh, it was Zach's first time, so we can hear his uh, opinions on that. I had been just once before in 2019. I really honestly loved it. I think SEMA is amazing. Randy's been a number of times. Um, and yeah, we can share with you guys uh, sights and sounds, what we what we saw, what we did. Uh, for me, SEMA is just a reminder of just how far the automotive and automotive adjacent world extends, like all the brands that we all know and love and are familiar with, uh, but so much other stuff that you don't even realize what all these companies are doing until you get to a place like that uh, and see all their products and and people you know, on display and, and demos and all that sort of stuff. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. The scale of it all is really what blew me away. I mean, I had to collect my pass on one end of the building and then hike back all the way to the other. And I was like literally getting lost in the tire section, learning about Henda tires and their tire release of this year, some Taiwanese brand I've never heard of. First timers are at a significant disadvantage at SEMA, in my opinion. Yeah, I spent the first time yeah, on the wrong end of the wrong building of the wrong pass, whatever uh that can be a little difficult you kind of figure it out uh after a couple times through but i think it's amazing um i was there this year as part of sema education is sort of uh, one strain of things and they have uh discussions and classes and courses and all sorts of resources for people that are there um so got to be on a panel got to talk to yeah some of the board members of what they're doing what they're trying to do they're evolving it a little bit it's always been a little weird for me that it's a like a it's allegedly not for general public and spectators, right? You can't just roll up and buy tickets. But if you work at a gas station, you can roll up and buy tickets. So it's this like a weird stratification of their audience. Um, and uh, you're technically supposed to be like uh, in the trade. So you're actually buying equipment there or you care about distributing Zach's tires he was learning about or whatever. And now we can all get in because we're part of Bring a Trailer, which is in the industry. But it's always that has always seemed a little unusual. And I think they recognize that because their deal for next year is that they want to expand access for the uh, general public of enthusiasts, which I think is smart. Uh, but they're still going to keep it a little bit separate and, and do some things. But yeah, anyway, this year, um, I thought it was um there was great stuff on the floor, right? Different OEMs were there, different stuff was happening, but I saw some super cool stuff that I took some photos of and we we posted on the site, but what kind of stuff was firing you guys up that you saw there? I definitely uh, understand why they want to open it up to the public. I, I see it both ways, right? Like my favorite room is like kind of a collision center, right? And you get all walking through and I guess, so would you like the demo of this spot weld machine and this paintless dent removal and these amazing uh, pieces of equipment? Uh, that are big bucks. And, you know, if it's an industry show, it's like, yeah, I might pick up a few of the place in order for a few of these bad boys. Show me how it works. But, you know, if you got the general public, I guess I would understand how, you know, the the snap on technicians would be like, I'm not, I want to give this demo for the 800th time to people who are not going to buy anything. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, the, the uh, uh, equipment that 
automotive shops use. Some of the stuff is, you know, hundred thousand bucks for a welding machine. And and uh, I'm getting really into the weeds here of, of my favorite takeaway. I mean, we can talk about just some of the cars that are there and uh, what people are doing with restorations and modifications and paint and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but I was quite taken with uh, with Collision Center. That would be my number one rack for uh, for anyone to see this stuff in action. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I think I got lost in paint protection film. I was trying to count how many different paint protection films were there represented at SEMA because there's really only two or three big brands when you're shopping that for your car. And I think there was at least over 20 different displays for film. And one of the guys there was just doing a demo just actively applying it mm -hmm. on a car mm -hmm. in front of everyone yeah so yeah that was all pretty incredible i'm blown away by how much you can see and do not buying a ticket and just walking around sort of the premises oh oh yeah premises yeah. and they, 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 they i mean the the sema convention center is something like a million square feet of uh, of show space and it's packed wall to wall with exhibitors but that doesn't even include the outdoor space which is drifting demo to send you guys a funny video right uh, for people listening like it's 50 percent of it is really awesome 50 percent you can't tell if it's cool or, or terrible but uh there was truly something for everyone there and right like pennzoil had like a huge setup outside like you would see a big rig at a racetrack with uh like a cool setup with their tent and their awning uh so see, yeah. that's my whole thing though that's why i've always been confused with the event overall because of that. So Pennzoil's there and they're sponsoring like monster trucks or whatever, right? I mean, it's it's very, it's like engineered to make car people stoked, right? But I like, is that going to get the guy with the alignment shop to choose Pennzoil instead of Mobile One or whatever? Like, I've, I've always been like, it's like a festival of car amazingness, right? And everybody's, you know, building cars to get them there and have them seen and post photos of them. And I'm just like, this is awesome. I wish like you could just invite your friends to come to this sort of thing. And, and I, I think that's going to evolve and I think they're smart to evolve it, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's sort of a double-edged sort of the exclusivity part of it, but it's an, it's on the automotive calendar in a way that I think everybody ought to go once at least, even if you're, you know, wandering around trying to figure it out um, the first time, like I was, but I think that um, the, the cars that are there, the, it's like a, on some level, it's sort of a car show. But then did you go through like the Toyota section? I mean, what do they have? 50 cars there? It's like better than, you You grew up going to car shows like SF Auto Show, Dude, yes. whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's the Thanksgiving, used to be the Thanksgiving tradition. Totally. And LA Auto Show is, is cool. But like the, the Toyota booth at SEMA is better than their display, I would argue, anywhere else during the year, totally. right? And Ford was last year and other they had a, uh, who was there? GMC was there this year and, and did some cool stuff. And they did like really creative exhibits with the cars, right? Some uh, accessories and paint schemes and just really like on point, uh, really cool, thoughtful stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all about modifying and, and aftermarket parts. And so they got them, you know, stacked up with cool stuff. And this is the one that goes camping and this is the one that drifts. And this, it's like what you actually wish a car show would have. GR86, like rally package. Totally. Really sweet stuff. So anyway, I, I love it. I think it's cooler than car shows. And I think it's like, like uh, you know, new auto shows call them. And it's cooler than most enthusiast car shows, honestly. So, and yeah, you can get lost in the like weirdo, you know, uh, offerings of people, you know, 
headlight, custom headlight stands and stuff like that, that you don't want to go anywhere near, but uh, it's all sort of there and you can kind of choose what you like. Carpet cutting machines, amazing stuff. I mean, I was walking around thinking like, you know, which of these brands can bring a trailer, do cool partnerships with or any number of things. And, and the answer is like almost all of them. And especially ones with a cool uh, display, you walk in say, like, I'm in the ARB tent. I go, yes, let's go. B18 ARB are worn, right? Like when you're there, you're filled with all this enthusiasm for doing it. Uh, <clears throat> we mentioned Pennzoil. There was a Valvoline had a cool little setup and I was talking to the Valvoline guys and I was like, yeah, I, uh, you know, with bring a trailer have you ever heard of it and one guy was like yeah the other guy was like no like never heard of it mm -hmm. and i was like wow like isn't I that love, crazy i love mm -hmm. stuff like that mm -hmm. i had that as well i was there and was talking the, like my favorite truck at the whole thing was in the toyota stand and these guys out of arizona put it together uh it was a brand new sequoia trd pro all, all deck probably i don't know 150 grand this thing i don't know what it was uh with a with a cool jet ski mounted on the back and stand-up jet ski with the toyota graph you saw that it was, awesome. it was yeah. incredible that thing was incredible i i posted it on my social and said it was my pick of the entire show i like loved it and yeah i'm talking with a builder dude who's awesome and totally into it um and he's like what are you here for who are you with and i'm like i'm with bring a trailer he's like what's that right and i was like oh man like people don't yeah. don't know we got work to do but uh um, a lot of work to do yeah so anyway but i i think i think it's cool i think it's a good good um signal of enthusiasm for what's uh going on in the space and some of those cars may belong on bat someday and some of them people joke also about sema about like the level of prep of the cars it's a little for show and some of it not for go uh, and people definitely hustle to get cars there in the final week and stuff but some of the stuff that's there is really really incredible you put posting pink f40 pink f40 honda powered 328 uh like that. no that's that's 308 that's that's mike Burroughs from uh from uh stance works that built the the um, ferrari incredible honda powered k20 or whatever yeah. honda honda swap turbo car uh, that I hope he gets on the racetrack soon. I'm excited for that one. But yeah, there were lots of uh, lots of stuff that I, I was just walking around snapping, right? And I'm like a tourist there. I'm not going to buy an alignment machine. I don't care. But I'm I'm there to see cool cars, creativity, cool builds. Um, yeah, the drift stuff outside and the like burn your tires down. It's not really my jam, but but um, they bring out a bunch of Baja trucks and I just stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. And anyway, I would go again and again. To your point, I think that's my third or maybe fourth. Um, and I think the people running it are smart. And I think that it's going to grow and it's going to evolve. And what other car stuff is going on in Vegas other than that? Like a NASCAR weekend, now F1. Well, F1 will be kind of back-to-back uh, -back with SEMA, I think, if those, getting those dates right. Yeah, they're trying to maybe put that together to be a, a festival sort of week. So that that should be a circus, and I think it'd be a good one. SEMA would have to be a two-weeker if they, if they open the gates to full public, right? I mean, it's amazing that it's close to the public and the place is jam-packed for four straight days. So. Well, they announced on Thursday at their, at their press conference that they're going to tack on, basically, SEMA Fest for the public, which is not full access to the same insider sort of industry show but it's like a few days tacked on to the end across the street different displays concerts full public it's like a big car festival what's the what's the 
night. Oh, grid life? Grid life. You, no more. you know all this stuff. I love I didn't even have to say it, and you knew what I was talking about. be the maiden voyage for the Turbo 308. I hope so. I hope so. Um, but anyway, I don't know, really know anything about that. I'm totally uh, speaking outside my uh, area of expertise, but more more that sort of festival atmosphere and um a bunch of a bunch of people hyped on cars like i think that i think they could extend that thing through the weekend right because they it's also a weird deal because it's like oh yeah what day are you going to sema oh i'm going on tuesday right it's not it's not like a weekend event it's a no weekend. it's like a work hours event and then uh there's no evening things really there's kind of a friday night thing i think but anyway they're gonna make it a a uh, more social, more accessible thing through the weekend. SEMA Fest, dude. Is and that, then we, may, yeah, we may be able to be involved and we'll see um, what next year is going to look like. But that's next fall, 2023 SEMA. It's going to be a different flavor. Interesting. Uh, obviously, lots of automotive celebrities on site, but even offset around the strip. Uh, Randy had a, what, a Tony Stewart sighting? Tony Stewart's, yeah. He's, he's at the tables. And uh, we, yeah, you're wandering through these casinos and there's like, you know, people wearing their lanyards. There's like the standard, the standard visitor. But yeah, then there's like some sightings of some people. You know, Ken. I snapped a photo. Ken Block was there with his Audi. Is that um, a, uh, his Sport Quattro thing? Yeah, it's a yeah, his sort of custom Sport Quattro, yeah. and he just did the video release that was in Vegas, right? The new Gymkhana or, or mm. whatever they call that now, Huna, Huna, whatever, uh, was yeah down the strip in Vegas, which was awesome. So um yeah anyway some some cool cars there on hand and um celebs too when i was there in 19 i had a little interaction with joey logano for whatever reason a lot of a lot of nascar drivers makes sense right a lot of those uh cars wrapped the presenting sponsor of big uh, sema presences so they'll bring out some of the big guns for for sema and there's always someone uh notable walking around usually you can spot that person as the line there's a line of 300 people wrapped around uh some wing of the convention center waiting for an autograph, but uh, everyone's super accessible. So I, I think that's pretty, pretty neat. Did you guys see the F1 cars that were there? There were two F1 cars oh, on dude, display. I, I, well, then, then they did the thing on the strip. Then they did the thing on Red Bull, right? On the strip. That's which, amazing. And drove it through the casino. Did yeah. you see that? The I, footage of it driving like straight through the Cosmo that. or wherever it I'm was. I'm so upset I wasn't aware. I would have, I would have designed my trip to see that happen yeah. in person, but man, I missed it. Yeah. Anyway, that that was pretty cool. But lots of different flavors, lots of interesting stuff. Uh, I heard from organizers that like uh, uh, Chinese travel bands like change the flavor of the show a little, right? They used to have mm-hmm. a whole hall of the crazy stuff that kind of freaks me out because it's a bunch of sort of tire brands you've never heard of and whatever. Um, um, but that whole crowd because of COVID restrictions wasn't there. So it changed changed the flavor of the show a little bit. Um, I wonder you guys have gone in years past. Was there as many rooftop manufacturers the last time you're there than this rooftop. time? What are you talking about? Uh, like pop tent. Oh rooftop. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a whole wing or hall or you know. Well, I was hang blown or whatever away. They call I feel it. like it's that just Instagram that fad has popped up just like the tents over the last two years, and it's just literally. No, but that's over. Feet. Over. I went to Overland Expo. Remember in Colorado? I mean, that's a yeah. thing. I mean, those those things are here. That wasn't like a COVID. I want a rooftop ten and sure. now I'm out. Like yeah, all the Overland crowd, but they like, had the, one of those on all their vehicles. The nine nine six C four S. He's got a cool Instagram feed. Like, yeah, that car was there with the tent. Was it the there at SEMA? Yeah. So that car was on the um, the Overcrest Rally. Oh, really? Yes, because he's really in with those dudes. This awesome. is nine nine six road trip. Is what he's so, called, yeah. right? It's green a black car. Nine... Green car. 
maybe it was a black one. Maybe gray, black. Maybe it's a different one. Anyway, there's a yeah Porsche dude driving around with rooftop yeah. tent, but but the um, that industry, there's a bunch of those going, and this is like they all show up there. But again, are you going there? It's like a consumer they're looking for to buy it at SEMA. They're not looking for REI to distribute it or right. like. I don't know. It, it just seems um, it seems like it's almost intended for the consumer and for the the social media visibility more than it's for the insiders. So I've always thought that they ought to figure out how to get some sort of consumer flavor. So anyway, as you can tell, I'm a little I'm a little um, uh, I go back and forth on like how that show functions. But the overall takeaway is that it's killer and you should go if you can figure out how to get in. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Uh, well, from SEMA, the cool stuff we've had on BAT, we've had I mean, a car that blew my mind that ended this weekend. Uh, we're, we're recording this on uh, what November 14th. Uh, Zach was the Flying Miata 2016 hey, uh, build with an LS3, 100,000 bucks. No. Yeah, which, <laughs> I mean, I was, that thing was, it had a conservative reserve and, and people love that stuff. And the, the guys at Flying Miata do really Amazing craftsmanship and and killer. fitting engines and and drivetrain and, and those things, but man, a hundred grand for a LS3 Miatas. I mean, th- if you want one, that's that's the builder you want. But most expensive uh, Miata we've ever sold on BET. Yeah, that definitely uh, oh, off the page. I'm looking at the the Miata results page on BET. Six hundred and forty nine Miatas. One one crested eighty grand in twenty nineteen, which was another flying Miata LS three. There you go, interesting eighty four grand, and this one sold for a hundred thousand. Shout out to Keith at Flying Miata. You know what's up? He's got the top two. I mean, he's top two spots on the podium. Next one down is also LS three powered, and it's forty six grand. Yeah, so that's uh that's quite a spread. But hundred k, I saw the, I didn't see that car on the site, but I saw it on our social, and there was you know pictures of it, like ripping through tires right yeah and um i was like "Ooh, that car's that car's gonna go um but cool that they did that huge I, respect to the guy that says no no i don't want the c8 corvette i'm gonna spend 100 grand on a miata with an ls and that's what's gonna make me happy. right it's that's more than more than a lot of c8 vets which is which is crazy to think about well done yeah stoddard collection caught my eye obviously doug from switch cars bringing that through was cool to see the the most interesting thing about it was there's not a single porsche in the collection right do you guys know stoddard have you you guys i mean i'm kind of a million years old and i used to have like a paper stoddard catalog when i had my 356 old chuck stoddard tell us i mean he was a racer obviously big porsche parts guy yeah i mean just a dealer with a killer parts department and the dude built out the parts department like crazy to go full-on mail order and like making their own parts and doing their own things um and then they got they got joined up with nla which was this other parts house and yeah they were and still are like a killer resource for people with um with 356s 912s maybe 914s even early early 911 stuff and that was like the catalog you have to have right if you had one of those cars this is not fully pre-internet. I mean, certainly they ran pre-internet. I didn't get involved with them until maybe 03, 04. And it was still like call them at the number sort of deal, you know, and and um and the paper catalog. And um they obviously were buying and doing some interesting things with cards. They they were always a fender sponsor on uh skirments race cars vix mm. vix race cars right all those midwest porsche racers running scca stuff 
uh, Vic's red and white car that we sold whenever, whenever that was, um, said Stoddard Porsche parts on those. It reminds me of Stoddard. Those two, those two dudes have chopped it up a few times. Right. That's deep in the, in the 356 world. And, um, yeah, anyway, I, I was very intrigued to see that come through and to see the kind of stuff that they obviously liked was what was some of the stuff in there. And Zeta in there, they had a BMW 700 coupe, which is a cool car. Oh dude. Yeah. Zach mentioned zero Porsches, which makes it even more interesting. Uh, they had a Studebaker Citroëns. They had a, a really cool Fiat Abarth Zagato. That was uh, the highest dollar car they sold. The biggest uh, headliner result for me, they had a, uh 79 super beetle cab with 200 miles that yeah. sold for ninety thousand bucks did, which did it really and i, I think we, the buyer would be insulted if you heard you say 200 it was 190 no was it was above 200 miles will that car ever crest 200 miles ever hopefully not well no no was, i i hope the guy drives i'm it. giving you a hard time i hope the guy drives fiat abrasagato was just shy of 200 but the but the super beetle was 90 and we, we've sold a few of the there was a following for that stuff super low mile sure uh yeah. Beetle cabs, but uh, always amazing me to see uh, an absolute pickled one in the wrapper come through and what what it's able to do. But what, what was your guys' favorite out of the list? Mine was the seven hundred coupe. I thought I thought that thing was super cool. Went for like forty eight grand or forty five grand. Cool. Yeah. That was on the, my watch list for sure. I mean, the Fiat Abarth is, I think, objectively the best. I just think they look phenomenal. But personally, for me, the six hundred Multiplaw, I'm just really partial to those cars. Would love to have one if I have that tenth parking space one day. So cool to see that kind of eclectic taste against someone that's such a big name in the Porsche world. Little, little Chris O'Bear uh, nod <laughs> nod there with the uh, the first ever <laughs> California me I almost said melee melee I went on, which is like the low dollar version of that event. Uh, he ran it in a in a multiplot, and I was like, "Who is this person? What is going on?" Wow, dirt roads like all the way up to Fort Bragg and way northern California, and it it made it. I think it made it all the way through to the end. Um, that was in 06. Um, and he was cruising in that thing, unbelievable. Uh, and then we've sold a few good ones of those, obviously. And this one went through. What did what did that thing get? I don't know what that thing got. Which is fifty five, which that's at the upper end of where we're seeing these sales. That's a nice one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, kind of a kind of a cool machine. I love that you you picked that out. Uh, Randy, you did a, a really cool podcast with Matt Farah on the, the smoking tire, uh, which came out a week or so ago. You guys had some interesting convos about what we're selling on BAT, the broader car market. Um, so I would encourage people to give that a listen if they haven't already. Um, but Zach, I mean, you and I see it every day. You know, people want to always want to talk about the market, right? Is it up? Is it down? Is it strong? Is it weak? Where is it going? Uh, you know, what macro factors are uh, positive or negative. I think uh, a lot of people want to say the market uh, kind of peaked earlier this year. I think that maybe is true in kind of the broadest sense of the word. But uh, if you dive even a little bit deeper, right, like any any market, right, there's even if the broader trend is down, I don't think it is right now for cars in, in a blanket sense, but there's always winners, right? There's like Jim Cramer, you know, there's always a bull market somewhere, uh, right? Like, Z8s might be down, but man, like a spree V8 final edition, those are going through the roof, right? Uh, Zach, 18 GT2 RSs, like they've come down, now they're back up, uh, right? New GT3. You'll never get below sticker. 
man, it's hard to say something's down when it hasn't depreciated below the original yeah. SRP. Right? Yeah, that's true. It's almost like an oxymoron. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, this this uh, 69 Ford crew cab that we have, uh, I've been watching social media and people talking about those. I'm into old trucks. That thing's at 53 grand with a day to go tomorrow. It's going to go absolutely bananas tomorrow. You just watch the bidding. Uh, based on the people that are watching it and that we don't do that many of those. And when they're on BAT, they're uh, they're getting the eyeballs. I think that, yeah, I think overall the market was pretty hot uh, late last year into early this year, just broadly. But now there are these stars that still are crazy results. People talk about crazy results on BAT. I think that's still around. But yeah, I think overall, I mean, we've seen sort of just average type car market type cars going through BAT a little softer than they were six months ago. But I think it's uh, sort of to be expected a little bit. And some people are like, oh, it must follow the stock market that's down many percent or whatever. And BAT's results are not like that, but they're they're leveled off or, or a little more sane. I thought some prices were a little insane in uh, March and April. And I don't, I don't see too many insane um, averages, but we do see crazy results. Um, and the one-off stuff, like you're never going to create a market with a Alfa Romeo car hauler from Greece that's being sold with no reserve with shipping included. Like, I don't know. How do you gauge the market on that? There's not going to be another one for seven years, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't really dictate a market as much as we can rally around and see a lot of enthusiasm for the one-off and interesting stuff um that is floating through VAT. And I think that that's the stuff that's that's interesting to watch. But yeah, I don't know, Zach. 126 mile 2019 Porsche 911 speedster with numbers on the doors and hood that's on the site right now. Um I don't know. Could you say that market's up or market's down? I think people are paying crazy money for Porsches all the time. The crazy thing too is just up and down is so relative not only to the original purchase price, but also look at where a lot of these cars were selling in 19. I mean there's a lot of stuff where in hindsight, you're like, oh man, I wish I had bought 20 cars all of in them. 2019. All of them. Actually, yes. it would have been the best investment I could have made over the S&P or real estate or what have you. So yeah, um, yeah one of the things I really enjoyed in your podcast with Matt Farah was your point, Randy, of man, there's, there's over a hundred new data points every single day going through BAT for people that want to talk about and try and digest the market. Um, what are we seeing? Well, honestly, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff everyone else that's looking at the site is. It's a hundred different cars closing every single day and the bid amounts, um, which is just, it's just incredible to see at this point. I think uh, the most uh, sobriety has hit in kind of the mass production stuff, like uh, E46 M3 convertible SMG, like, they made a lot of them. It's a cool used car, but you know, 95 Broncos, like just cause you like that stuff has uh, cooled down in a major way and, and cars that aren't distinguished by good color mile service history or some combination of those things like are uh, are coming back down definitely probably where they should be. Yeah. Um, so if you have something like that uh, it can still sell for a very fair price, but don't expect that to be some, you know, blue sky opportunity to go nuts because that's just not realistic. And not to say that stuff was all uh, selling super crazy, but uh, prices on on stuff that isn't that hard to find were definitely elevated. And I think people's sentiments about a cooling market is uh, 
in large part uh, tied to kind of that meat, meat and potato stuff that you see everywhere uh, all week, every week. And uh, the trend for those is certainly not uh, no longer up and to the right. But I think I think that's OK. Yeah, well said. People's third and fourth preference of spec. It's pretty hard to see that stuff continue to go up and to the right with everything else going on. But 4GT, Zach, are still holding very steady, uh, right? Like uh, you can name a bunch of cars that are down, but, you know, Dodge Demons, guys, those... I mean, I looked at the Dodge Demon today. Guy wanted a reserve of like 240K. It was white. It had the rear seat delete, had the sunroof. They don't have sunroof. That's a rare option, right? Like that stuff is hotter than ever. This I mean, is the modern, modern heavy yeah. car. Yeah. 18 Demon. But yeah. hey, MGTDs are like the most inflation proof asset you could own. They were 13 grand forever, <laughs> five or six years ago. Every single one was 13 and now they're all 18 to 22. Yeah. Well, that was a, a topic that came up in Randy's uh, panel at SEMA. I forget what the exact example was, but you know, are, are people still going to care about, you know, 30s and 40s American passenger cars? And yeah. I thought that was super interesting because the answer is, well, the answer is it depends. Um, but, you know, 30 years ago, everyone said, oh, Model T's and Model A's, you know, they're going to zero and they were worth 25 grand then and they're still worth 25 grand. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, big, uh, you know, the 42 Plymouth sedan is is maybe a little less uh, uh, interesting than uh, than a Model A, but, uh, you know, the same the same concept applies. It's not a totally broad brush for the era, right? You can't make those sort of generalizations. That's That's where we landed after that panel which which i thought was a good discussion it was interesting to hear people ask about that stuff but then the the young guy that rolls in and has the e38 7 series he's like has the same it's interesting sort of anxiety the guys like are you know should i hang on to this, this is a good idea or is nobody gonna collect these in five years and i was like that car's awesome keep that car forever and drive it forever and um i think a lot of the narratives have changed on that and you know, electrification concerns, which that was something we didn't talk about at SEMA. There's a ton of electric talk, mm -hmm. right? A ton of aftermarket stuff for electric. How many like, like uh, modded out Teslas did you see? There was like a ton of them. Um, and they had a whole wing that was like dedicated to that. And I think that's good. But I also think uh, the narrative a couple of years ago was over uh overly optimistic about you know like robo cars that are electric that are going to you know take your cool car out of your hands i think that's as that has subsided a bit as people have run into some um headwinds on that so anyway i'm i'm very optimistic about the kind of stuff that we're driving and and uh and experimenting with crazy electric stuff too so anyway that was a that but that was a, we'd be remiss not to mention that from sema because that was a whole sort of wing of the place was talking about that stuff. I look forward to the day at SEMA when the truck with 33-inch chrome wheels that's lifted above my head just sails away in silence from the show <laughs> and just dumping a cloud of diesel smoke behind it. Yeah, I'd be okay with that change. I would be all right with that. If those were all Ford Lightnings with 44-inch tires on them, I'd actually be yeah. pretty stoked pretty stoked on that. <laughs> yeah, the EV conversation goes a lot of directions and, and sometimes it can be, you know, like at that panel, someone uh, asked, and people will ask about electrifying vintage cars. Uh, would you electrify your, you know, 70 Cuda convertible or, or electrify something that's really special? And the answer is like, no, that's idiotic. You wouldn't do that. But the, the broader question of, you know, we, we've we've listed, a, recently had a 2002 electric conversion. We've had uh, some Carmen Gias, and there's a ton of interest. Are those cars sold really well? And 
a ton of bids. So uh, I'm supportive of it. I think people who want to have the discussion of electrify your, you know, super special limited production sports car. People are doing it though, man. I got, they? I, yeah, they are. And we're at least making it available. You know, people now in the UK are doing Jags, the Aston workshop will sell you a, a turnkey swap for your DB456. Interesting. Okay, so I'm, I need to educate myself. I, I didn't realize it was going that uh, in that direction. No, I mean, they're trying. I mean, how many people are doing it? I don't know. But now these guys are selling the Broncos and trying to get, you know, people are spending huge money on Broncos. And so now, uh, what are these guys in Marin called? Anyway, there's this outfit in Marin that's doing Bronco and Camaro swaps, Kindred, yeah. Kindred Motorworks. Uh, those guys were all in at SEMA and doing stuff. So anyway, I didn't mean to derail this with like an EV conversation because we don't need to give it too much uh, airtime. But it is interesting. And I, I think having a perspective on it is smart. And I think I was interviewed for, um, what was it, New York Times or something, some you know pretty mainstream outlet recently about, about Tesla Roadster collectability and that sort of stuff. I mean, it's it's a real topic. And um, there's some interesting things to say on it, but I think that, um, yeah, I've, I have never felt more secure in the fact that we're going to be able to have these cars and play with these cars for a while, because I mentioned, I don't know if you heard it, you guys were at the panel at SEMA and I mentioned that Argo AI, you know, went out of business. They shuttered it in like, you know, three seconds after Ford and Volkswagen pulled their money. And I think... I think that kind of fell on deaf ears. I don't think the SEMA crowd like is is following that or, or knew Argo. Uh, I was I was one of those deaf ears. That's but... where uh, Alex Roy worked, and, uh -huh. and and a bunch of super smart folks that were working on the future of of uh, autonomous. And it's just like poof, gone. This isn't going to work. We're out. Like let's come up with a different idea. So that's that's sort of there have been some changes in that industry in the last uh, in the last even just call it six months that I think. Um, are pretty good. Let's just call it good for folks that want to have their hands on the steering wheel, you know, driving, driving the kind of cars we like. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see where it goes. What is interesting to me is that a lot of people doing that EV stuff, uh, their primary motivation is not the environment or gas mileage. It's truly because they're passionate about the technology that it brings and, and all the stuff that extends from that. So I think that's uh, I think that's a positive dynamic. That's yeah, I mean. uh, there's a lot of innovation and should be so people have the capacity for that. They can they can do it in a bunch of different ways. So anyhow, yeah, how did we get on that? That was a that was a curveball. Oh, but Zach, yeah, how did we get on that? But no, I mean, what else? The market, Zach, Healy's uh, Healy's and Alphas are kind of dead. I'm sorry to say it. I'm a huge Alpha guy. The, the I'm not going to make a bunch of money on my TI, yeah. uh, you know, scrappy right. TI. Hold your tongue until the Alphaholics GTAR that we have sitting in the queue right now. Oh, teaser for that. Teaser. By the time this announces, uh, this podcast drops, the listening. Randy will have bought it already. You should, man. It's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. We're listing yeah, the, the 105 series Alpha a GTAR Alphaholics build. Uh, guy actually bought a, this stock car off the site a few years ago, sent it to the UK. Uh, Alphaholics did their whole treatment on it and uh, look out for that in the next week or two. Oof. Oof. I want to see that really badly. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think alphas are totally dead. Uh, I wouldn't say that about Healy's either, but yeah, a few of those. That was hard. I didn't mean dead, of course, but I mean, the, the um, you know, the, the, the price trend that you can track on BAT is, uh, is, is pretty flat. They're stable. Yeah. They're stable, right? I mean, some people buy cars trying to make a bunch of dough on them and 
the people that are buying, having fun with them and be buying because they enjoy them, I think are having having their time right now, yeah. right? And back to your original comments, I mean, when when BJ8's best of the best are down a little bit, you go, oh man, do I really want a BT7 chassis when I can spend a little bit more for that? So it, Who it wants that anyway, though, right? I mean, 104. 104 is very pretty. The sec- what are they, what's yeah. the nomenclature there? The second one, BN2. Yeah. There we go. There I, almost, you go. I almost forgot. Man, I haven't talked the talk on Healy's in a long time, but 104 BN2 is, is the car, right? Yeah. Are you guys doing this late eight, whatever, six cylinder cars? You don't want those. You want the six cylinder sounds good, but the hundred series looks much Man, prettier. Big Heelys yeah. are dead. But Zach, I mean, you, I mean, your your GT five hundred carbon fiber track pack might be sticker today. Is that okay? I think it is. Right. Yeah. Your your heritage edition GT three fifty R might be twenty k over instead of sixty k over. I mean, this isn't this isn't Armageddon, guys. But. but uh, Bronco Raptor, how much are those? Over? Oh, dude, Bronco. Uh, count me as someone who, who underestimated uh, the kind of uh, immediate secondhand market price of Bronco Raptors, and I have to say they look they look pretty sweet. Uh, there were a few of those, obviously modded at at SEMA that we saw. That's the most I've seen in one place. I saw one marked sold at the yeah Sunnyvale Ford, like in the in the showroom, black on black sold. Uh, they wouldn't tell me how much it sold for, but they, those have a healthy markup at the dealer, and they um, some of those buyers want to unload them. You know this this whole cottage industry of get on the list yeah. for the right car and go make your twenty five grand. It's it's a it's a weird dynamic. I think the manufacturers ought to auction cars straight out instead yeah. of this whole hand waving. There's MSRP, but nobody pays that. Uh, there was a lightning in that same showroom that was available and it had a, what would it have? 35 K markup on it, like market adjustment or whatever. Somebody posted uh, recently on social, maybe an Alex Roy again, I'll mention him twice on this podcast, um, like a 200 K market adjustment on a 400 K MSRP AMG car or whatever, just because yeah. you can like, I mean, that, that whole, model is sort of broken in my mind and i i just wish that manufacturers would go straight to consumer with auction preferably on bat and just sell it you know yeah. like it goes for what it goes for but there's all this there's all this uh sort of backroom dealing and and incentives for dealers and all sorts of weird stuff that the general public doesn't have visibility into and i just wish it was sort of a cleaner way but who knows if we'll ever get there it's very interesting to watch the market dynamics for these highly sought after cars that are hard to get broncos bronco raptors uh rivians are super popular on bat we list a ton of those those interestingly have been holding very steady right you haven't seen a um a deceleration in, in interest at least at least as it relates to the price uh, stuff like F-150 Lightnings, right? Zach, we sold, uh, we haven't seen any Platinums, but we've, we sold a, a Lariat today for 80,000 bucks. I think the, which is kind of right near sticker. For sticker, one of those. yeah, 74, those 73. Have, those right they're starting to come off the assembly line. And, and so like there's a, a couple of those books. Very orderly down from, you know, 20K yeah. over to 15 to 10 to five. Yeah, same with the normal Broncos, right? Raptors are still getting this big money because that's the new shiny penny for everybody. But yeah. the, the sort of standard ones that we're charging way over are marching back towards sticker, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Mm-hmm. We'll still sell them on VAT all day long because you get better presentation, you get better follow through and you get... Uh, just sort of more visibility into the car than you do trying to buy one from a Ford dealer in Topeka from California or whatever. I think VAT is the preferred 
way to do that in my opinion but um but it, i'm fine if they're not going for 40 over six. i've always thought that like power dynamic on these huge markups and we saw that talk about the overheated market like we were seeing people buy one in november and drive it some and then sell it for a 30 grand profit four months later or whatever like that that whole thing was that whole thing is just sort of broken in my mind so anyway I, i'm fine if that stuff I wish I could get a Raptor at at, a, at MSRP right now. You just can't get them. Are you in the market for one? I think they're cool. I, I can't deal with the flares. I, I my favorite setup is actually Sasquatch yeah, hard, there you hard go. top with the normal flares with the thirty sevens. Sasquatch uh, is a lower a lower spec. Is what's the high one? Wild Track and First Edition. Well, there's all the no Sasquatch is like a package that you add onto it. But the any of those sort of mid range packages, non Raptor, like I'm like into it all the way up to the Raptor. I can't handle the the Raptor flares and and even the hood and stuff. I don't really need any of that. The engine and some other things are pretty cool, but um, yeah, I know everybody's jumping on the Raptor whatever bandwagon. I'm how long uh, you give that? I am not. When's that fury? When's that insanity going to die down? Well, only when they can produce enough for them. And and some of it's just because it's brand new, right? What does that last? Nine months of that? I mean, it won't last years and years of people going crazy for those unless they really throttle production um but there's not a cooler one coming out right this the super uh f-150 raptors coming out with the v8 in it um but the um there's not going to be a better bronco that comes out better than the bronco raptor until yeah, they redo true. the bronco but they're not going to redo the bronco forever right i mean you facelift that truck and you yeah, ruin it six or seven years i think it stays i think the thing just stays what it is maybe forever so um that's the top of the top so it's not going to wear off like that seven seat seven speed manual swap on a raptor is that the next thing that's Ooh, I people are buying the free pedal john hennessy's putting a v8 in one of those that's what we're going to see there'll be v8 yeah. oh well electric then the, there will be like yeah. electric options in in bronco i bet maybe that'll be the next shiny thing that people like there's the scout that's being developed by volkswagen i don't know if you guys know about that yeah, I thought the whole thing with a raptor though is you can jump it with all the weight of the batteries how are you gonna get air in that thing i think it's pretty theoretical on the jumping right? hey we, I'm, right. I'm happy to test it right yeah you're take it to the dunes right take the glamis or whatever how many people are actually doing just that need to take it to pack heights right here <laughs> or where was that video in your east bay where, where did, oh no, was that in SF? No, I no forget jump, where that yeah, was. Or was that in SoCal? The no. Tesla jump. Tesla jump was in LA. LA, yeah. that's more of an LA thing. Um, but anyway, I think that, uh, yeah, who knows what that thing will be like electric, but that, that'll come. Um, but yeah, anyway, there's a lot of a lot of vehicles on this list of new stuff that has been being flipped on BAT. And I just think it's going to, yeah, market price is found on BAT because there's a ton of demand. And Every every Bronco Raptor I've seen in public, there's been like people around it, looking at it, stoked on it, and that's great. We had a couple of cool Broncos at the alumni gathering at Laguna Seca. Um, people, that's a legit BAT alumni vehicle, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but now that almost every major manufacturer is out with some obviously electric offering or some limited production high performance car and right like lucids are tough to sell right there's there's whatever reason they're not all the following isn't uh evenly spread around um man what's the other what's the other uh you've probably we've been listing a few of that are tough the new uh, fiskers or like a, like a polestar one right can't sell those yeah those are hard well and and the people that have them want them to be everything right one or or dealers have them and want to make a bunch of money off of them and that's 
it just doesn't seem. But like a Lucid Pulse Drive One, like those sticker at like a hundred and fifty ish, like big they're, money. They're they're so expensive for a yeah. you know what amounts to a daily driver. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see those uh, dynamics play out with all this different mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think segueing from that, Randy, you're talking about stuff you're liking on the site. I'm most intrigued on what's on your watch list right now. You ask me this every time. You seem to be into like the weird stuff. I'm I'm a power user of watch list. You know that. I do know that. And I also know that you <laughs> That's have why our watch list is you still have, defined on BAT. You have the keys to probably go in and see what's on my watch list if you wanted to. It's but uh thank, too, too overlordy. Thankfully, me. the broader public doesn't have that kind of access. What is it? I, it's 60s American trucks. 80s BMWs. What are the broader yeah. Oh, there's. It, I mean, it's all of it. There's the ones uh, Zach and I were laughing about this. There's the ones that are like close to what I have because I'm like monitoring what's happening. There's a, a white E28 Euro bumper swap, I'll like exact say, car. Fifty percent of my watch list is cars I also own. Yeah, right. Because you just want to <laughs> so, know what's going on, and so I'm watching that guy, kind of cheering for it, hoping that that car gets some money in it. Uh, who knows? Not not a. I'm way upside down on that E28, but it's an awesome car. But anyway, yeah, so I watch stuff that I have. I watch stuff that I would love to have. Uh, Hertz Shelby, no reserve, Hertz yeah. 66 Shelby, G350. What we, have that on the, we have on the site. That ends tomorrow. It's at 190 grand. That I Woo! love. I love those. 190, that, that's an automatic, that car, I think. Um, I mean, factory, they were almost all automatics for the Hertz cars. That's a 190, um, interesting but man, I almost like the first livery the best, right? Those have oh, aged so well. Man. Not that, oh you know. man, many don't know. I always, I always pull out that that the one in the Guns and Roses video was white with gold stripes that Slash was driving and off a cliff, which is so killer. <laughs> Most people think I'm just old and weird because I remember that, but that was a big deal, formative, formative for me. But yeah, this one's automatic, um, as most of the of the rental uh, Shelby's were. But anyway, uh, that's cool car. Yeah, let me just rattle them off. I mean. Um, uh, 964 Carrera Cup USA is on that list. I knew that would be awesome. Uh, modified um, F350 Crew Cab that I talked about earlier. Um, that's on that list. A lot of no reserve cars actually are on here. Good. Um, uh, FJ40s, I'm always watching. Rivians, I'm watching. Blazers and Jimmys, I'm watching. There's a, uh, We have a 92 16 valve GTI on the site right now. That is the, I have a white one. This is a black one. Uh, we've only had three or four of those ever on BAT auctions, and I, I watched that market. Are you uh, looking at eighties blazers? You're looking. You're looking at K, early K five seventy two, preferably seventy one, seventy two. Love them. I've got the pickup uh, GMC version, which I bought because I maybe didn't find a, a blazer as good in time. Uh, I'd like to have one of those. To um, we've gone four across on the bench seat in the in the Sierra Grande. <laughs> Nice. But a little ice cream run for total ice cream run, but there's five people in my family, and I'm not going five across on that bench. I think that would be it's already a little dubious. So uh four across at the max. But in a blazer, I would not have a problem piling uh uh five of us across and the new dog in the blazer, which I think would be amazing. Uh what else is on here? Land cruisers always Porsche 356As. I will watch every one of those that is ever on the website. Uh, go-karts and ATCs. I'm a weirdo. I've, I watch the entire go-kart category. I don't know if anybody else actually does that in the right. world. I get an alert every time any go-kart. I didn't know we had a go-kart category. Oh, we very much do. <laughs> right now there's a Shelby Cobra style cart. We've had like a lot of rups, a lot of rups, dual engine, like, oh man, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm just a 
conundrum, right? I mean, look at this. I got a 96 Renault Twingo and a 72 GMC K1500, right? I mean, I'm I'm just into all the weirdness. I could see you one day stepping up to something like uh, like a GMC Cyclone or a Typhoon, right? Those yes, uh, those are aging well. Yeah, we actually sold uh, one of each of those uh, in the last few weeks that were super popular and right. The interiors are not aging well, but the car well, and, and its yeah. look and just the just the ridiculousness of it, like I think they're awesome. I love those. I'd go I'd go pickup truck. I don't think I'd go Jimmy Blazer style. The Cyclone's the one to have and someone in the office is obligated to get a Ferrari 348 if you show up at one of those. Because there's a movie drag race or what's that's the like name? the iconic car driver or magazine car driver of like that Got lined it. up with the zero to sixty times and post on the top. Mm. I should have known that. He's the he's the car driver uh veteran among us no that's that's news to me i'm the road and track dude i never saw that issue that that issue never came to uh my parents address anyhow that's that so i got 18 cars on the list i average uh 16 to 22 cars at any any given time on the uh on the old watch list and i get all these texts and alerts throughout my day just because i'm kind of obsessed with it but uh but i think it's fun we have a lot of people using these tools now and giving us feedback on them. And uh, yeah, a few people out there uh, in the audience have ideas for us about how to make that work or how to make that better. I love SMS alerts, like text text alerts hitting me like you have 30 <laughs> minutes to make all this. The whole problem is my hands are tied. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like just like in into to pain for whatever reason, because I don't, I don't bid on any of these on um, BAT, but I've been being nudged lately to start bidding on some no reserve cars, but I, I don't bid on these, but I watch them all incessantly so anyway it's fun fun to watch we got some interesting uh, ce uh former celeb cars uh notably we have lbj's uh 64 lincoln continental uh and jk's mercedes uh ben 600 shout out to jamiroquai for people who <laughs> <Jamiroquai>. <laughs> well i don't know whose celebrity status you're minimizing and and saying both of those names in the i thought you were gonna say i don't know who jk is that's what i thought you were going with that. No, i thought you were gonna say i don't know who lbj is well, i was just gonna have to leave well dude that was big yeah. when i was what late high school acid jazz for the win let's go yeah what was that video do people still watch music videos anyway that video where he was like on a treadmill dancing around doing stuff he's always been into cars he's known in the uk for being pretty legit with yeah. uh, car collecting but it's x jk right it's Correct. not him selling it because if it was yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. he uh he uh had some interesting stuff but yeah 600 uh pullman uh bends right he has he has some good i love interesting that color. black is the That's best cool. color to have i saw one of those driving through san francisco just blasting through Pacific Heights in call it 2005. Out in the wild. Totally in the wild, like non-chauffeur. It was the short wheelbase one yeah. and they were just ripping through and it's like, that was an unusual moment. That was one of my most unusual car sighting moments in San Francisco when I used to live here. Hmm. Interesting. Well, as we wrap up here, what, what are the things we got to tease uh, on the site? We got Rouse and Cal 2023 calendars, people. Are people still using calendars on their fridge? Paper calendars. I'm speaking of speaking of uh, dating ourselves a little bit, we get we sell out of those pretty much every year, and they're they're pretty cool. We put them together. We give uh, all the money that's collected for those goes to charity, which is pretty cool um, that we can support um, um, some national level charities. Um, this year's charity is around yeah mental health and support of people's mental health, which I think is important on the heels of uh covid lockdowns and everything else that makes life crazy um 
So that's positive. And yeah, we use all BAT uh, listings and photography, and there's quotes of, of commenters in there. I don't know if you've, you've seen those or gotten those, but good holiday item, fun uh, thing. I, I hang them in the wall in my home office, and it, it kind of harkens back. You guys talk about car and driver and road and track. I bought the road and track uh, calendar, or I didn't buy it. I got the road and track calendar from my parents for my birthday, sorry, for Christmas, right at the end of the year, every year when I was a kid. And I still have those. I brought those into the BAT office once. They're like, 89, 90, 91. They got F40s when they're new, like was on the cover of the calendar, that sort of stuff. Um, so it, it harkens back to that. It's kind of crazy. I don't know. Does anybody other than us sell a paper calendar anymore? Probably not. If they do, I don't think we want to know the brands that we're competing <laughs> with. But... <laughs> so anyway, but ours ours is cool and we, we custom make it and design it. Um, the last this is the fourth or fifth of those that we've done. And I just think it's a cool thing to have in your garage or your um office to kind of harken back to that with some cool BAT imagery so check that out we're also uh, having meetings now to get our uh, 2023 uh, event calendar going for bring a trailer both alumni gatherings and uh, a number of other things so if you have ideas of where we should be going where places we're not even thinking about uh, events that you or your community host that we would be uh welcome and, and a good fit for uh let us know because we're uh uh preparations are well underway for everything we're doing for next year uh, heading into the winter, I'm just looking at the uh, BAT event calendar. It's a little light, right? We got a few months ahead of us with uh, kind of the car off season, if you will. But uh, that'll be over soon enough, and we'll be off and running for uh, for next year uh, in in due time. It'll be fun next year. We had a lot of success, a lot of a lot of interesting attendees at our events in 2022, and I think 2023's uh, brainstorming on how to do that differently, what to keep and what to do differently is actually really uh, exciting and invigorating for the for the community. So we'll do some more of that. But uh, also out at just sort of uh, events that we can attend, if you guys have ideas. Uh, did you guys, Zach, this was a first time SEMA year for you. This was a first time Overcrest rally year for me. I was stoked. I always think it's cool to mix in like your favorite. We go to Monterey every single year, right? But what... Uh, what can you be doing that's new or different? Howard, do you do any any first timer this year? You're back at the at the melee, but you've done what twenty of those in your life. How any other uh, stuff that you attended or did this year that was kind of new and you thought uh, you'd maybe want to do again, or something coming up you'd like to do? Man, we talked last uh, pod. I drove that uh, uh, GT3 Cup car Velocity, that so that was, uh, that was that was new for me. Um, man, I've I've. Done fewer car events this year, I'm sad to say. So I need to I need to reverse that uh, trend for next year. Uh, but you know, there's it seems to be more and more cool new events every year, every weekend. So uh, that's why we we can't do it ourselves. Right? We need input from all from all the community to let us know what's cool out there because uh, the the volume of stuff these days are. I just received a, a text. Here's the text: Howard, 1996 Alpha GTV V6 2.0 Turbo. High spec, low miles, black tan, Lusso interior. What's it worth? <laughs> turbo though. This is a Callaway. 96, uh, 96 turbo. I didn't Callaway is not included on this text, but it could be. It's gotta be, right? I mean, a tur <laughs> Alfa Romeo turbo is what you said? Uh, that's the only turbo kit I know for that thing. Man, I don't know. What are you gonna tell them? 
I don't, we, we need to do this live. We, we need uh, we need people to be uh, writing in to give me their best guesses. I think a, funny, a funny show would be you guys answering your emails oh, aloud. Aloud, totally. doing our daily job with all your info. We actually love that. Oh man, I don't know. That may not. That may be PG thirteen week. Uh, with uh, yeah. depending on some of the emails you guys get inbound, but like that that alpha text is how many of those do you guys get every single day? Like in the, in the, you know, tens and hundreds of people. Yeah, What's this girl? Yeah. Well, the, the, the only problem is that guy's coming in thinking that alpha is worth 75 grand, which you're going to have to have a little discussion about how, uh, how the world might actually work. But I love that you're getting those real time as we're sitting here on the podcast. All right, guys, good stuff. We'll see you next week. We hope with another installment, take care.